and welcome to this week's edition of Asking Anything presented by Mosier Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mosier's HR advisor. And in this week's episode, we will be talking about emotional intelligence or EQ as it's commonly known. Who invented EQ? What is EQ? Can you change your EQ? Those are some of the questions that we will be discussing today by welcoming back Mosier's Director of Learning, Lou Russell. Lou, it's great to have you back on Asky Anything. Emotional intelligence is a great topic and I'm eager to learn more about it. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm, I've got good EQ today. Uh, <laughs> emotional intelligence, I'm good. I think that's one of the things people, when you say EQ, you can have bad EQ or positive <laughs> EQ. I'm, I'm sort of on the positive side right now. Well, that's good, that's good. So let's start with who invented EQ. I'm curious as to know where, where did EQ come from? Well, there's a, there's a little bit of controversy about that, of course, right? That um, there was at the same time, there was a thing called multiple intelligences that was very popular, probably in the 80s. Um, but basically, uh, Daniel Goleman has most of the credit, I would say, at this point. He has most of the credit for doing more of the research and, and getting it into books. Okay, so Daniel Goleman, great. Mm -hmm. So what is the makeup of EQ? Well, the idea of EQ is that it's basically concerned with helping you notice your like emotional energy and then making choices to react to whatever's happening to you. So a lot of people don't even know that it's in them, right? It just, it's there and they get freaked out. And then what's interesting is they don't have access to any of the things you would normally be able to do. They can't write, they can't listen, they can't smile at people, right? It shuts everything else down. So it's a very small piece of how we look at different intelligences, but it's very powerful. So I understand there are three internal capacities of, uh, capacities of EQ, self-awareness, self-regulation, and motivation, which focuses on the self, correct? Right. And then there are two external capacity capacities, which are social awareness and social regulation. What else can you tell us about those? Exactly. So that's really interesting because the, the, the first thing you're going to do, you really want to start working on your self-awareness, right? Your self-awareness and, and noticing that maybe you're getting mad about things that are stupid. So you should not do that, right? And then motivation is kind of a funny one. That's one in the middle, because what happens there is if you're not motivated, you wouldn't be on this podcast, right? Uh, right. Motivation is sort of a, a, you kind of go, well, yeah, of course, because we're studying it right now. So social awareness then is now looking out at other people. And this gets a little dicey too, because as you're looking out at other people, it's good to help people and it's good to acknowledge people, but sometimes you can get sucked into someone else, which is sort of a negative side of that social awareness as well. So what about social regulation? How do we regulate while we're interacting with others? Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of <laughs> know, times- That's, that's I, kind of a tricky question, yeah, right? it is. It's really a tricky question. And I, I think personally that with social regulation, so for example, my team, I can tell how they are feeling socially because we work together all the time, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I know that when one's having a bad day or one's struggling with something, I'm able to see that. I see that through my social regulation. 
On the other hand, you could also say, I do in social regulation, I'm going to tell all of you exactly what to do all of the time. And that's what we don't want. Right. You know, the social regulation of someone else bossing you around, that, that's not really the point of it. Well, and I guess you could also apply the social regulation aspect to, you know, the workplace, right? So mm -hmm. if we're, if you're working as a team, if we are working with each other and kind of going back off of what we have, uh, what we had in our initial conversation way back at the beginning of the year about leadership, if you're social regulating, if you're working as a team, you have the leader, you have the rest of the group, and you, as a leader, you want them to be working as a cohesive unit, right? Right, exactly. And I think that's sort of relevant too for all the quarantine that we've been in, you know, since then as well. I think not being able to directly see someone socially is, is a problem right now. Right. And I think uh, that's going to have to come back too because we're a bit isolated and that social regulation has been kind of in little boxes of Zoom, right? Yeah. So I think that's that's a thing too. We'll see how that turns out. So speaking of change and the way we're kind of doing business nowadays with the pandemic, can we change our own EQ or can you change your EQ? You actually can, which is really fun. It's not easy though. It's sort of like, can I exercise, <laughs> right? Can I lose weight? Sure, you can, but it's going to take work, right? So the, the statistic is that it, you basically have 80 opportunities each year that if you were noticing and, and learning from it, you would grow from. Right. So there's 80 opportunities a year for most people in, in, in the sense of emotional intelligence. Um, usually we acknowledge three. So that's a pretty big hole. Yes. Right. <laughs> pretty, which means we're not really regulating right now. Right. We're right. Not, not doing a good job with that. Three. That's that's about you're, you're just leaving ninety nine point three percent of right? the rest out there. <laughs> so so what <laughs> happens then? Uh, with with the other 77? Are we just not acknowledging them? Are we just not paying attention because maybe the other three are so important that we might not be paying attention to those other 77? Or are they just small enough where we just don't care? I think we're just busy, really. And we just go flying by it. And we just say, oh, well, let's go on. I don't feel well, but we're going to go anyway. So we just kind of run over it, I think. It's really what some people do is they avoid the negative emotion and pretend they're not having it. That's very mm. bad for you. Or they might say, you know, oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing positive thinking right now. And won't that be helpful? Probably not. Um, so to just, this is all more about recognizing the situation versus, you know, like keeping a, a count, I think. Well, that's what I was going to say, because if you're when you avoid your negative, your negative emotions, I mean, you're basically just avoiding the problem what, uh, completely. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're cruising right to 80. <laughs> exactly. You know, right now, I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. We're all we're all worried about something else. So kind of moving on and going along the same lines of the question I just asked you about not acknowledging uh, those other 77 instances. <laughs> so in speaking about what happens when you're mad, why can't people, or I mean, I'll use myself as an example, why can't I think well when I'm mad? 
what's allowing me not to just kind of think clear and just go ahead and solve the problem right away or maybe just get out of that madness if you will right well that's what's interesting it's sort of uh, there's really like usually approximately if you have a strong negative and this is a negative emotion right not we're not, not not talking about positive emotions right if you have a strong emotional um bad emotion it usually takes minimum of four hours for it to go away and in the time when you are in that space the brain is very smart it's trying to save you it's saving you from a whatever you seem to be worried about right you the brain knows you're worried so boom it just mm-hmm. closes everything else out i mean you're literally blind all you can see is fight flight or freeze those are the only things and then now we have one that somebody else made up which may or may not be good but i think it's interesting it's called flock where little gangs get together to make fun of everyone else, you know, or, or something like that. I think of it as mean girls, which is horrible. But, but in general, uh, four hour emotional hangover is the low end, right? That's the low end. And uh, it's interesting because you literally can't go back to your work. You go back to your work and you're like, now you're still in that mode where you're going, oh, I can't believe they did that to me, right? Your brain is, keeps just pulling you back, pulling you back. And I think you and I talked about this before, but I, um, I, my brother was in the Boston Marathon when the bombs went off and I found out about it. And I basically, he was found and everything was okay. Thank God. I mean, there were people that were not okay, of course. Mm -hmm. And it took about, I would say maybe two or three hours before we got word to that he was fine. I would tell you that I couldn't work for two days. I mean, that's how long you're inside your, your, um, your emotions are trying to protect you because they don't believe that that stuff's gone, you know, and the more intense your fear, the longer it takes you to get balanced again. And, and that's very interesting. And I think most people don't look at that and realize what's happening, right? They fight it. You go, oh, well, I'm just mad. So I'm just going to keep going. And right. And then it's just absolute horror, right? They're yelling at people and all that kind of stuff. So, so the awareness bit is so important to say, wow, something different is happening to me and I'm going to make a choice whether I'm going to let it go or not. What is the, you know, how important is this? In that case with my brother, it was incredibly important. I couldn't do anything else. Right. You know, so it's just, I think that that kind of stuff is just fascinating how much your brain is able to try to keep you on track, even though you're trying really hard not to be. Well, in that instance, I mean, the fight, the flight, fright or freeze, right? That, mm-hmm. in that instance, I definitely understand just how anybody would freeze because you're talking about a loved one, mm-hmm. uh, a close loved one, a brother who is going through probably the worst experience of their lives and you are 500 miles away, right. not getting any news, not understanding what's happening at all, except for what you see on the news and, and just not being able to reach uh, him. That must have been just heartbreaking. And, and it kind of, yeah, it kind of defi- definitely leaves you on that fright or even freeze because some right. people just f- freeze at the thought of having probably lost a loved one or, right. or their loved one being in harm's way. So that I definitely understand that part. So there is something that I was reading on, on, on this topic last night, something called reptilian brain. Oh yeah. The reptilian brain. <laughs> Can yes. you tell us a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, well, then that's that's actually relevant to what we're just talking about. The reptilian brain is your fight, flight, or freeze. That's the the most that like has come from the cavemen. It's the thing that keeps your brain, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. been there forever. Um, and once the reptilian brain is, they say, once the reptilian brain is engaged in some extent, everything else is shut down. You know, everything mm -hmm. else is shut down. It was interesting to, you know, I think back to that situation. It was interesting to me that the first thing I did, I was in my office, you know, on the computer, like everyone always is. And um, the first thing I did when I heard it somehow, I don't even remember how I heard it. Um, I closed my door. Like, what was that? <laughs> but it was almost like a reaction to, I know I'm going to get reptilian right now and I'm yeah. going to do it by myself. Yeah. You know? Oh, it could also be, a, you know, in some way, a sort of defense mechanism. Just yeah because of the situation that you're going through, how close the individual is to your brother, you just want to, to use a term, kind of shut the world away from you. And so by closing the door, you might be just doing that in your own brain. Right, right. And also, and, and also keeping other people from bothering you because you can't, you can't manage that. In right. that situation, you can't manage it at all. You can't manage saying, hi, <laughs> want yeah. a cup of coffee? No, get out of here. <laughs> You know, so, yeah, I, I just, I think it's, and, and I think everyone can do this. I really do. And I am very happy um, that I learned about this because even like yesterday, I went in for a doctor's appointment, you know, they were scanning or whatever, and, and I'm working on my breathing, working on, you know, just trying to not get freaked out about this and you can do it. It's just what, you know, it's just a practice. Right. Right. So how can one develop or grow their EQ? Well, it mostly is practice. Um, everybody has a capacity to grow it. There's nobody that can't do it, right? It's a capacity to heal, but they just don't see that they can. They don't believe that they can at that point. And there's always a tension to go, all right, I give up, right? Uh, I'm mm -hmm. out. This is all goofy stuff. I don't know. Um, I think you have to be truthful with yourself. That's really hard also. To, to think you don't able, you aren't, you know, you really aren't able to bully your way through it. Right. I think that's important. And I think you have to be, you have to help those around you and you're, cause in a team, it's even more important. You have to be able to communicate effectively. You need to stop making up stories about what the person's saying and actually listen to what they're saying. So right. that, and that's the social side, right? The team side is, is super important in work for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think as we touched on earlier, if, if you're in a team-based environment, this might be a little bit easier because you, you recognize those around you and you know that the well-being of the team and the positive outcome of the team depends on all of you uh, together, working together. It's just, I, yeah, I totally agree. It's especially true with leaders, I think, mm -hmm. because with a leader... The leader can see someone on their team that, and you can, you can see them go reptilian, you know, basically. Um, and then here's what a lot of leaders do. They go, you better stop being reptilian right now. Cause we've got a lot of work to do. You know, they don't know the impact of that. If you see reptilian, you're very quiet and gentle with a person <laughs> until, <laughs> until they come back in four hours or whatever. But 
it's interesting because we have this, you know, because we're all running around so much uh, that that you kind of just climb over people, which is not good. So speaking of getting reptilian, I, I do have a question. How do people know when they're getting reptilian, reptilian and can they stop it in time? Yes, you can, oh. but, but it's, you don't have much time, you know, maybe 90 seconds. Okay. Something like that. So, <laughs> that's, that's not a lot of time, Lou. <laughs> that's not a lot of time. Um, but you, if you feel it's a, it's a body feeling. And if so, if you're not a person that really notices how your body is feeling, once you get so you notice that, which is, I think, incredibly interesting because I have had times where I'm, I'm standing there or sitting there wherever I am and I feel this reptilian, I feel it. I can see something's, something's not right. And then I have a choice in 90 seconds. But I, I can look for it now or I can see something different in it. It really is a body sensation. It's not really someone yelling at you or something like that. That may trigger it, but... Um, it is really this body sensation that's something isn't right. And you're literally going, okay, I'm looking at my body inside. What, what is it? What is wrong with you? <laughs> What's your thing? You know, and then, you know, you can, you can decide how you're going to mitigate it or not. So basically if you feel your body is kind of going, I guess the word numb might come to mind, but yeah. you're kind of feeling just going into that stasis of just, ah, uh, the, for 45 seconds. So let's use that 90 second uh, yeah. window that you've given us. So if at the 45 second mark, you're starting to feel dormant, you're starting to feel like you're about to go under, wake up, right? Right. And do, and then we have in the, in our EQ profile, we have a whole bunch of projects you can do. Mm -hmm. So there's a project for self-awareness, there's projects for social awareness, da, 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 da. So the projects are really interesting. So if you look at those and you have them kind of, you've tried them before, you can take one out, like even just deep breathing. That's a really simple one. Or some people like to do something like take their finger and just keep tapping it on their hand, just something to mm -hmm. divert the whole bit. So you can get down to a, a good breathing level and, you know, be more aware of what's going on around you. So that makes a good segue to my next question, which was going to be, what does Bozier offer as far as profile goes? I, I understand we do offer some sort of uh, TTI, TTI profiles. Right. Yep. Yeah, we do. So they have a whole bunch of different um, stacks right? Like sandwiches mm -hmm. where you put all these pieces together. So we do have one that is standalone EQ. That's all it is. Um, and they call it emotional quotient at that point. And you, the ones that you were talking about, self-awareness, self-regulation, social awareness, social regulation, and motivation. And so you can have a person take that. I would say that that's a good one to to talk to someone else about it too. I mean, just doing it yourself is probably not as effective. Not not a pro or anybody, just someone like your friend or or whatever. I think that's important. And then we have a lot of other profiles that can be tacked on top of that. Like we can also do behavioral. We can do a disc profile. We can do driving forces, which is your motivation. And so you can end up with a profile that has basically four or five sections. Uh, but the EQ is can also be just standalone. And I think that's always a, a really good place to start, especially if you're doing any coaching, it's really good for coaching. Right. And I was going to, that's, I was thinking about that because some of these profiles can be used just beyond what we're talking about here. They could be, they could be uh, put, put for hiring and things like that. Correct. 
Right. And we have, we have another standalone from TTI that's called the stress quotient. And it has, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say it has about eight characteristics of stress and it tells you which ones are bugging you, like which, which are your go-to manic things. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Nancy, who has started working for me recently, she said, well, lucky for you, you were the lowest on my list. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that's good. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's interesting. And again, both of those can be changed at any time. So you don't have to, you know, when you do EQ once or you do stress quotient once, you don't have to say you're done. You know, I wouldn't do it the next day again, but maybe in, you know, three or four months or six months or whatever, especially if you had like a job change or, or we came out of COVID or something like that. (laughs) And with that, we also want to let our listeners know that they can get where loose team is currently offering an, a free EQ evaluation to the first 10 people who go to listen.mosureit.com and click on this episode and look at the show notes where we will have a link for you to receive this offer. All right. So with that, Lou, it was great to talk to you again. Thank you once again for joining us today and asking anything. Thank you. So much fun. I love talking about this stuff. It's hard to make me stop. So I appreciate your work. (laughs) Thank you very much. I know I learned a lot uh, from you today and I'm sure our listeners did as well. So again, thank you for your time and I'm looking forward to having you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to this week's edition of Ask You Anything presented by Bosher Consulting. We hope you enjoyed this conversation about emotional intelligence and how it's important for your own success. We'd love it if you would join us again next week when we continue to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcast. Until then, so long, everybody. Go.